Today's show is brought to you by Carl Grimes Optometry. We look after your good eye. What are you doing out here? I'm doing stuff. Thanks. You're listening to the Stuff and Things Podcast. This week, coming to you from the UK only, please welcome your hosts, Sam and Stefan. Hello and welcome to a new edition of the Stuff and Things Podcast. I am Sam, and I'm delighted to be joined again by my comrade in arms from the UK, Stefan. Howdy, how are we doing? See, you stuck with Howdy. I did, I can't finish my thing now. You promised, you promised me when fear was done, Howdy was gone. G'day? Mm. I mean, I'm not Australian, I could have a g'day. Okay, cool. Can you do an Australian accent? G'day, mate. Yeah, beyond the, you know, the stereotypical g'day, mate, shrimp Crikey on the barbie. Put a shrimp on the barbie. That's, that's all I've got. A simple no, no. A simple no would have done. Yeah. I mean, I, I still quite like your American accent, to be honest with you. I did make you promise not to do it again, but as I had an actual American on the podcast last week, did did you listen? Did you I listen did to listen. the show you missed? I, I have one complaint. She said a bad language word. She said lots of bad language words, but no, my complaint is at you. <laughs> Me? Yeah. But I'm I'm delightful. What can you possibly have to complain I've about? I've literally me? got like three pairs of underwear left now because you keep giving them out as competition prizes. <laughs> That's true. Actually, I am sorry. You've about got that. to I'd... stop with this. My washing. I will. Bill is I will. Unreal. I mean, I, I am. Um, yeah, yeah. To be fair, this week the competition prize will be something different. Uh, two ladies messaged the page, by the way, both with the correct answer, but both declined the prize. Oh, thank goodness! That left me with yeah. one pair. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know how you would read into that, to be honest with you. I'd, I'd, I'd yeah. take it as a positive. They've I'd clearly not as... seen a picture of me, because otherwise they wouldn't have declined. It's fine. Uh, yes, yes, I'm with you on that. Yeah. Whereas I have a face for podcasting, you are very beautiful. That's what I'm trying to tell people. Yeah, yeah that's what I'm trying to tell myself. The voice is nowhere <laughs> near as good as the rest of me. It's fine. That's <laughs> the idea. Well, I, I think it's your shy... Demure, you know, a modest behaviour that attracts the women, to be honest with you. I've been told modesty is my, my biggest uh, quality, actually. Really? That, yeah. my abs, uh, <laughs> massive muscles. Uh, and, yeah. and, you, and you're blatant lying. Yes. yes. Okay, so, um, yeah, so last week, it was episode one of The Walking Dead. I was very lucky to have one half of the two dead chicks. As I said last week, unfortunately, the better half wasn't available, so I had, you know, the lesser one, the the one everyone kind of puts up with. <laughs> uh, her her name's Mel. And we were very honoured um, to have her, of course. We we were, all joking. So, no, she's lovely, and we had a laugh. Um, she said autumn several times. Autumn, Sam, like that, which made me laugh. Yeah, this whole thing about fall is that's awesome. Well, I always I always got a laugh at that to be honest with you, because I always think that American terminology is very basic. So yeah. you know, like uh fall. Why do you call it fall? Well the leaves fall, don't they, you know? Uh walk down the side of the road, that becomes a sidewalk. Yeah, yeah? Okay, it's kind very... of like English language for dummies. Oh, I would not have gone that far. But yes, I think... American family, I can get away with it. It's okay. You've got family in America? Yes. Where, whereabouts? 
Colorado, Nebraska, ah. and around that area. Wow, Colorado's nice. It's a place I always wanted to go because it's not one of the main, you know, you'd think of Colorado as one of the main places Brits go on holiday. No, but, but yeah. it's beautiful. I've, seen, I've not been there to visit them yet, but yeah, I've seen pictures. It's beautiful. Yeah, no, as always look beautiful. I, um, there's a few places I want. I want to go to Oklahoma, but then they seem to have a lot of tornadoes there, and that kind of puts me off. Yeah. But yeah, I want to go to Oklahoma, uh, mostly because I want to walk around with a proper cowboy hat on for a few days and just that be normal. I'm pretty sure my dad actually did that. Awesome. Tell him he's a hero of mine now. Um, I want to go to Texas, just so I can say Texas and see how long it takes before someone corrects me. Which is funnily <laughs> enough where my dad actually got married, so he's done that what, as well. What, in Texas? Yeah, him and my stepmom got married there. I mean, this was 12, 18, 20, 20 years ago, oh, 19 nice. years ago. I just think it'd be funny to walk around and say, hi, uh, where do I find this in Texas and see if anyone there actually corrects me. <laughs> or just thumps you. Well, yeah, or gets shot, actually, in Possibly, Texas. Possibly, yeah. Yeah, which is very American. Uh, I want to go to Nashville, not just because of Mel, who we had on last week, um, despite what she might say, you know, it's not all about her. <laughs> um, genuinely, I've always wanted to go to Nashville because I always watch the TV shows and, like, live music and all the bars and stuff. Yeah. So to me, it's always been like, oh, I can't wait to go. So I had a chat with Mel last week off of the podcast, and she tells me, oh, no, it's not like that anymore. It's all like uh, hen nights, girls girls nights out, you know, the woo girls in their limos. And that, that kind of it. really, yeah, that kind of really sucked. So, yeah, thanks for that dream killing, Mel. Cheers. Uh, but, yeah, there's loads of places in America I want to go. Um, I probably could do an entire podcast on that, but I won't because that's not what people are listening for. We'll save that so, for another day. Yes, we'll save that for if this season gets really tripe. <laughs> <laughs> so, it is season nine of The Walking Dead. It is episode two that we're talking about. And the title of this episode, my friend, was... Uh, the Bridge? You are correct, oh. but only slightly. It's called The Bridge, not uh, The Bridge. Okay. But the uh could have been very appropriate. Yeah. Um. We have a cold open with Rick talking to Negan, and we have this kind of uh, Rick describing what's going on and stuff. I know we don't see Negan in this shot, so perhaps if you you know didn't read the comics or lived under a rock, you wouldn't have known who Rick was talking to. See, you say that. Oh, go on. To very, very begin know. with, before it clicked who he was talking to, I did wonder if he was talking to Negan... Or if he was telling Carl's grave that he was right and how good things are getting. And then a few seconds later... Yeah, but Carl's grave wouldn't have been down in the cellar Exactly. It took me a few seconds. I was like, no way, it is just a dark cellar. He's not outside. It's not night time. All right, okay. I'll tell you what could have been funny. Have you ever watched Shaun of the Dead? I have. Multiple times. You know how he keeps him as a zombie? Oh, maybe no. maybe he's just got Carl locked up down in one of the cages. Like, hey, Carl. Doing a, was it the governor had his daughter locked up, wasn't it? Yeah, he did, yeah. And he used to brush her hair. Mm, weird. Yeah, because that wasn't crazy. No. Yeah, red flag, people. Red flag. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, yeah. So, this episode's called The Bridge. Now, you know how last week I discussed how people possibly could have been confused by the time jump? Yep. This episode moved time on again. Uh, I know not a 18-month time jump, but at the end of the last episode, it was all 
uh, we're going to have to fix this bridge. It's going to take a lot of effort. And then this one, they're halfway through fixing the bridge. Yep. It's taking a lot of effort. But also, they are seriously organised. They've got like a campsite set up. Yeah, it's, uh, it's moved a good couple of weeks on, at least. Well, yeah, I mean, I think uh, I picked up, they were talking, you know, six to eight, you know, a couple of months. Mm. So... Yeah, I mean that was that was kind of weird. So that like initial kind of well, that can't be the bridge they were talking about last week because they can. Oh, maybe they have. Oh, okay, fair enough. I, I, perhaps this is just a little bit of shaking off the Gimpleism because, of course, under Scott Gimple, the first five episodes of season eight all were in the space of twenty four hours. Yeah. So so perhaps I need to out. just. Yeah, perhaps I need to just kind of shake that off and, you know, get on board with Angela Kang and what she's doing. Uh, but overall, mate, the overall episode then, you know, I've just talked about the cold open, which is kind of weird. What were your overall thoughts? Do you know, you know right, my, my first thought was that if this episode had been three or four seasons ago, yeah, I would have loved it. Yeah? What, what's stopping you from loving it now, do you think? Maggie... The way Maggie has developed as a character to now become this character. Yep. If this had been a few seasons ago and Maggie hadn't developed into the character that we know as Maggie. Yeah. This could have been a really interesting twist. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um, And I kind of feel very slightly like we've been here before. Ooh. You know when they took over Woodbury, the governor? Yep. And, and they kind of the new took in, all yeah. these people on and some weren't happy about it, some were happy about it. And now we've taken on the saviours and some of them are happy about it and some of them are unhappy about it. Yeah. Um, a different scale, I think. Different scale, but just like I kind of feel like I'm like... Hmm. You're feeling like it's a bit same old? I'm watching... Who's um, the Ed Sheeran wannabe that you were talking about last week? I can't remember his name. Oh, um, I can never remember his name either, but he... Um, he has basically been dubbed Geordie uh, Shore. Geordie Shore, that was it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm looking at him, and I'm kind of looking at Tasha, and the whole bad guy, bad guy, bad guy. Hi, I'm one of you guys. Hey. Yeah. You know? Yeah, that, that guy as a character seems completely pointless to me. I, I'm yet to find a kind He's of... going to be Maggie's love interest. We know this is going to happen. I hate that, and that shouldn't happen. It that, shouldn't that... happen because she's still meant to be all caught up on Glenn, but we know it's going to happen. If, if I'm if I'm in love with someone and it's the apocalypse and I get my brains brutally smashed out and that person is you know moves on and has my child, I, they better mourn me for the rest of their damn lives. So no moving on, none of this. So oh, I want you to be happy. Crap, you mourn. You yeah. wear black every day. Mourn just, until your brains get beaten out or eaten or something. Yeah, no, yeah. Cool. Damn straight. Yeah. Anyway, I just want to put that out there just so anyone... It's no wonder I'm alone. Anyway, <laughs> <laughs> moving on. Uh, well, you you mentioned Maggie then. So let's focus on Maggie in this episode because uh, you would have heard last week when I was discussing with Mel, me and Mel didn't agree on this. Um, yes. And we, we basically had to, in the end, just decide that I was right and she was wrong, which Fair. Is, is, the only, is the only way. She's probably going to listen to this and I'm going to get a stick for that. She's not but... here to defend herself now. So exactly, so I, I can say you. what I like. Thank you, my friend. Yeah, uh, She admitted it, off air. She was just like, oh yeah, you're totally right, by the way. That, that was what she said. <laughs> but, and, and, it, and then she said autumn a few more times. Uh, so, uh, basically, the, the, the disagreement we had, to go back over it, is... I felt that Maggie's actions 
in episode one in Hanging Gregory were very Negan-esque, or at least more towards Negan than they were towards Rick, or more towards where Maggie was and Jesus, etc. Mm-hmm. What did you think? I actually texted you as I listened to the podcast and told you I agree with you 100%. I, I You did, and I knew that, and I, I just wanted you, you to say it for the record. Yeah. I, I, I think, yeah, she kind of... I understand why she did what she did. Yeah. Like he's had like she says she's had a, he's had a load of chances. He keeps kind of messing them up and then he did get someone smashed to try and kill her. Naughty well, boy. To, to me, and this is the point I tried to make last week. You know the scene where she she's attacked, you know, she's bleeding. Obviously, she knows it's come from Gregory. I think the guy probably spills his guts about that. She storms into where Gregory is and you would have killed I, him on the spot. Yeah, and I said this last week. If she'd walked in there and shot the guy, I think I'd have been fine with it. I think it would have been better, personally. I think, yeah, if she just walked in the room, pulled a gun out, and just gone, bang! Well, if she'd done that, you know, she's basically... Someone tried to kill her, she killed them. Uh, And I'd have been on board with that. Now, the next thing that happens is he actually goes for her and they fight. And she grabs the knife and sticks it. Now, if she'd killed him then... Pure self-defense. Yep, in the moment, again, one hundred percent. I'm on board. The guy deserved it. What uh, for me tipped it towards this kind of? And I know not many people agree. But I know you do, so we're good. But I know a few people I've chatted to on Twitter. I know a few people I chatted to on our Facebook page. We're all kind of like, no, no, no. But I think that's because you're blinded by it's Maggie. I think if you take away the fact that it's Maggie and a character you know, and all you know about this character is what they've done, yep. is that they've taken this guy who's not a good guy granted and he has been hung and killed for attempted murder that's that's what's happened it's capital punishment in front of a crowd to make a a public statement about it It to make yeah to make a massive public statement about it and that again to me is was more towards what Negan did with his big showmanship this person's done me wrong is it any difference from that to Negan throwing the Doctor in the oven? No, it's actually not. Uh, other than the fact that Negan did it himself, whereas Maggie's got Daryl. Daryl's like become her henchman. Yeah, um, I'm starting to say this. Whereas again, Jesus is still... I think Jesus is going to surprise us in this season. I hope. Well, I mean, we're going to see. But I mean, at the end of season eight, we had the silly Maggie Corleone scene where so Jesus and Daryl appeared to be very like, yeah, Team Maggie. Woo-hoo. Uh Daryl's acting like her henchman. I mean, he's arguing with Rick. You know, we yep. saw that again in this episode. They're not on the same page at all. I, what, what it comes down to is Rick is basically saying all of these people in the sanctuary, we're trying to integrate them and we're trying to forge forward. What exactly do Daryl and Maggie want to do? Do they want them to just die? Do they want to kill them? Yeah, you know, pretty I, much. I, I think that's where Daryl's... Daryl's mindset is, they've killed our people, we kill them. I think Maggie's yeah. mindset is, Negan killed Glenn, these are Negan's people, kill them. Well, see, then this is the thing. Her her mindset on Negan, I can completely understand. Yeah. Um, you know, uh, what he did to Glenn... You're never going to get over that. That's never going to be forgiven. That's never no. going to be okay. And again, uh, yeah, in her mind, he should be dead. He should. That should have been the end of the war. Was Negan's death? Yep. What I don't understand is the 
the appropriation therefore to go forward to all the people from the sanctuary because it was Maggie who in season eight was also with Rick on saying only one person has to die. Yeah. So it's kind of like because that didn't happen, she suddenly has this issue with everybody, which, you know, granted, a lot of these guys in the sanctuary and saviors aren't good people. We know that, you know, a lot of them, there were like slave labor and those people had no choice. But a lot of them that were actual savers are not good. You know, they're not nice people. They've got a real issue to them, you know, real problems. And they are going to cause real problems. And that I can completely understand Daryl's very nervous of those people. Which is probably why he doesn't want to be stuck in that warehouse with all the people. No, he doesn't. He's obviously been stuck there for a long time. Mm. You know, we've had an 18-month time jump, so we're now catching up. It basically means he's been there for the best part of a year at least. You know, running that place. No, not at all, because he's obviously always going to have to have eyes in the back of his head. You see in this episode, he has that fight on the bridge. Good fight, to be fair. I like that. It's a good fight scene. yeah, Yeah. Some good punches got thrown in there. But yeah, so focusing on Maggie then still for this episode, yeah, yeah. I, she goes on, and I hate using the J word, but she goes on a bit of a journey within the episode where she, you start of it, she has this interaction with Michonne and she's very matter of fact, you know, mm-hmm. we never got the fuel we were promised, so we're not sending the food, you know, we need to be able to play the fields, so we got to keep our surplus to feed my people. She's very much in that instance, Negan. the kingdom... Um, I, I think if you look at what Negan was like with the kingdom and how, you know, we don't protect you unless you give us the food, it's this for that, this for that, it's the same route. Uh, one know, for man. one. I, I don't know. I wouldn't go that far with that. I mean, I, my my thinking was that it was just very isolationist. It was very... Um, she isn't thinking of Rick and everybody as her people anymore. She's thinking purely as the kingdom. Yeah. So it's like everyone in here is going to be okay. I don't care what happens to the rest of you. And that is how she came across in mm-hmm. this kind of, yeah. well, we'll have enough food. Tough. You know, whatever. Now, Michonne obviously brings up the fact that, you know, you could get that ply working that we brought back here if you release the blacksmith. So we know now that she's jailed the guy who actually attacked her. Yes. What? So we then have a, a scene a bit later on where Maggie's talking to the guy in jail. Yeah. And the guy in jail, uh, he's an alcoholic. And Maggie, of course, in those instances, we remember that Herschel, her father, was a drinker. Yes. And we see Maggie go on this kind of journey of, yeah, you're right. I do. You do deserve another chance. You know, if people didn't give my father another chance, I wouldn't be where I am. Uh, you know, she says this to Michonne, and Michonne's like, "Well, I wouldn't be here if they hadn't, because your father saved me." You know, and and so yeah. I seem to track her over this episode, go all the way across, and by the end of it, she's even talking about sending the supplies. You know, she's like, "You know what? Yeah, okay, you can have the supplies." He's out here fixing the plow now. You know, go we'll on, have Michonne, it done. Off, yeah. off you go. And she even talks about. Uh, you know, Michonne kind of challenges her about Gregory and about the prison. And she even says to her, you know, yeah, we do need to make rules. We do need a charter. We do need to think of these things. Yeah. And you kind of, at the end of it, I'm thinking to myself, okay, that's Maggie. That's the character I know. That mm-hmm. is the character I've got to know. Um, perhaps the trauma of Negan still being alive and this massive issue is the reason why she's been acting out of character. 
but obviously seeing this guy talking to him we're we're gonna see her reemerge. Yeah, Did maybe. you were you were you following the same sort of track or Yeah, I can see where you were taking it and Yeah. I think that's where it's been to take us. Well this kind of yeah, watching her go from flat out no, this is how it's gonna work to making like the talk in the prison, making her think about her past, yeah. what's happened and her kind of the realisation and then yeah, okay, we need to help each other. It does, yeah, and, and it was the it was the second chance thing. I think it was the fact that you know, the guy, she, it's very easy to just do things out of blind anger. You know, everybody can, you know, someone hurts you, you, you want to hurt them back. Yeah. There's no two, it's human nature. And that's why we have laws and courts, police and things like that, because the injured party should never be the person that decides the punishment, because obviously that punishment will always be deaf. <laughs> I want yeah. them dead. <laughs> Um, whereas some people can be redeemed. Now, she looks at this guy, he's an alcoholic, so because of her father, she's looking at him like, well, okay, I can actually understand where you are, how it happened. She looks at his, look, I feel Gregory manipulated. The guy actually says, you know, Gregory didn't force me. You know, I I got there on my own. The guy's actually being far more honest than I think most people would, and I think she appreciates that as well. I do think he was being more honest than he should have been. Yeah, yeah, big time. Yeah, I I felt that as well. I was watching it like, dude, shut up. <laughs> you yeah. know, she's coming around to your way of thinking here. Shut up. Um, <laughs> but it's, it's true, though. I think that went down well. I think she looked at him and went, the guy's being completely honest. The guy, you know, yeah. he's not rattled this cage every day. He's sat down here sullen. You know, he's he's not like he's ready to go out into some sort of uproar and upheaval. He's just made a massive mistake while drunk. After losing his son, Yeah, you can really, you know, impact of that. And she is giving him another chance. And I think that little story arc in this episode gave us a real sense of Maggie thinking, you're right, actually, other people do deserve a shot yeah. at redemption. So, given all of that... And I know uh, some people might not have seen the previews or whatever for next week. So, uh, just in case you haven't seen the preview I for next week. I have not yet. Okay, well, just in case, a quick spoiler warning. And now, for this week's spoiler warning. Basically, next week, she's all ready to take over from Rick. Okay. <laughs> so we've just had this whole episode with an arc which is designed to show us that she's like actually yeah you're right we we can do this we can do this you know at the start of the episode she's completely Maggie Corleone yeah. by the end of the episode she's with everyone again she you know she's wanting to things and then next week her and Daryl are completely plotting to take over we've tried Rick's way we're now doing it our way so completely pointless episode on her storyline. Well, well, you just wonder where it's going. Now, obviously, we've not watched next week yet, and perhaps there'll be more detail in it which will uh, make you think, okay, this is what's triggered it. But to me, you, you're kind of like watching it, and I watched this whole episode, and at the end of it, I was kind of like, okay, well, I know where Maggie is now. And then I get the next week on AMC's Walking Dead, and I'm like, really? <laughs> seriously <laughs> See, the bit that also confuses me is the fact that we know that Maggie's only in a certain amount of episodes now well that's that, two down already well that brings me to my last point on Maggie 
okay. conversation between her and Jesus, and Jesus has a letter in his hand. And he mentions to her, oh, I see this woman still writing to you. Now, they're talking about the woman who handed them that book of the future. You know the one who yeah, wanted yeah, music? Yeah. I remember. And she's writing to Maggie, asking her to go away with her. To, to like, to go with her. Or to meet her somewhere. Mm. That, to me, feels like a bit of a convenient exit, do you think? Yeah, I did think when I watched it. And she was, like, away. Jesus says about she must have an entire record collection now or something. And I'm yeah. like... So they're clearly still doing deals with this person. Well, well, the woman's writing to them, so... Yeah, so there, I, there um, must be some sort of trade or something still happening. Well, yeah, because otherwise, how would they... It's not like the postal service still exists. No. Although I love that idea, an apocalyptic postal service. <laughs> just, just a couple of zombies on a wire. Just walk. <laughs> to, to be honest with you, mate, having seen... Um, some of the postmen round by my way. I think they are zombies. They could to be. be honest. Especially if you say good morning to them at like half past five, six o'clock, I'm off to the train or something, and I'm like, morning! That's it. <laughs> <laughs> oh! Brains! Yeah, so... Uh, so Yeah, I mean, that's that's kind of what I want to say about Maggie in this episode. Are there any other points around her and her story? Only are? one that I've j- I thought Ooh, of as you were saying stuff earlier. Yes, fire away. You were saying about the whole Negan... Killed Glenn, so therefore she now wants all the saviors dead. That, that's well. Yeah. I mean, that's the only rationalisation I can get to. Yeah. So by her logic, Tasha should be dead. Is it Tasha? Uh, Tara. Tara. Sorry, Tara should be dead then because she was the governor's person, and the governor killed Herschel. Well, I mean, you've yeah, you've nailed, you've hit the nail on the head again because you said earlier on about a little bit of history repeating itself. Well. Yeah, we are seeing a little bit of history repeating itself. Tara, like you said, was stood right next to the governor when he cut Herschel's head off. Yeah, it's not even like she was and just yet, part of the crowd. She was stood next to him. Yeah, and she has no ill will to her at all because time's moved on and she accepted the fact that, hey, look, I was there, but I, whoa, I had no idea, <laughs> you know, what was going on, etc. Yeah. And you're, abs- you're, you're spot on. Yeah, and these saviors weren't even there. Example. They were in the warehouse in the sanctuary still. They weren't even there with Negan when he did it. No, I, I'm with you, man. I, I think, yeah, you, you're, you've hit the nail on the head. I mean, there are some saviors there who are saviors, if that makes that. You know, there is a difference between those living in the sanctuary and those who are classed as saviors. I think oh, yeah. the ones we're classing as saviors weren't a good bunch. You know, there's going to be one or two, like Dwight, etc., who, yeah, might have some redeeming qualities. But, you know, even Dwight was not a good guy. You know, you think no. about the stuff that Dwight did. Um you know, think of what he did to Daryl, yep. for example. And yeah, we had that great episode where we really broke him down and we as an audience got to go, okay, we can understand him a bit more now. But yeah, I remember just that. because just because you can understand someone being an asshole doesn't mean you gotta go, Yeah, they're they're still an asshole. <laughs> yeah. Um, so yeah, so the Maggie thing still confused me, and I know yeah, there's probably some stuff on our Facebook, I know someone had a really great chat with me on Twitter about it, um, and you know, I don't think she's she's going to hear me, and I know the the wonderful Music City Mel will simply not hear of Maggie being, <laughs> being more Negan than anything else, but um, yeah, yeah, here we go, it was uh, Cheryl Pangborn uh, on Twitter was chatting to me about it today, and uh, Cheryl, if you're listening, I've put together my argument now. I've put it forward. Let me know what you think. Let me know <laughs> if you think I've convinced you or not. 
Um, Either way, so we're yeah. right. It's fine. Yeah, but, yeah, I've got the mic. That makes me right. <laughs> I let's, let's move on to Daryl then, because obviously yeah. Daryl's kind of her henchman. Daryl uh, does speak now, which is a wonderful thing. Do you reckon they have to pay him more now because he's actually got lines? Were they just holding um, the budget back for the CGI like last season to so don't give Daryl lines? And don't, now, don't, don't get me started on CGI, man. I'm going to come <laughs> on to talking about CGI in this episode because I've got to the point now where I'm kind of like, okay, don't do it. Don't put these scenes in because it looks cartoony and crap. Don't do it. Um, okay. Do you know what? I genuinely think I should watch episodes not on a HD TV. I'm starting to think it's my HD TV that's just ruining CGI for me. Do what I do. Watch it on your phone because then you kind of miss these bits. It's great. Well, you know the scene where the logs go wrong? I knew you were going to say it was be that one. Yep. So there are two parts of this scene and I think it's really important to talk about. One part is poor Aaron gets his arm trapped. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Now, the makeup and special effects people on his arm, etc., was phenomenal. Yeah. That was awesome. It looked horrible. It was gross. <laughs> and like, that was I used to have, squashed pancake arm. That was that, that was like back in when I Walking Dead was seasons one through the five. I used to say to people, the way you know if it was a good episode is you count how many times you go, oh, that was gross. Or, Ugh. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And that was full on, well done, everybody, because, oh, my word, that was awful. But but to get to that point where we are, um, we the, we then had this scene with Rick and everyone arriving to try and rescue Daryl and stuff. I mean, I, I know I'm jumping around a bit here. I'm, I'm being a bit of a gimple. But Rick shoots the rope away, which are holding logs in place to try and take out walkers. Yeah. And basically, once he does that and you see the wood slide obviously we've then got cgi it's graphics obviously they're not throwing real massive logs at real people because you know splat and death yes but the cgi on it was reminiscent of that deer that showed up like bambi walking across a field uh, genuinely now and i i try not to be picky on it but i was just watching it thinking that looks cartoon it looks awful. Why throw that in? I may the have scene... to rewatch this scene on the big screen TV because, like I said, mine was just on a little phone screen, and I thought well, it was awesome. It looked a bit well, ropey, I'm, but it was awesome. I'm starting to think I should not watch it on HD TV. I, I think that hmm. might be where my problem is. I'm wondering if I go back and watch seasons one through to five on my HD TV, if I'm going to be like, ah, it's always been ropey. <laughs> <laughs> it's always been. Like I, I don't know. Yeah. Oh, fair enough then. But no, it, just to me, it always aggravates me because it takes me completely out of the moment because I'm like, well, that looks drawn. Yeah. That's animated. Oh, why the have bit they done was, that? It was the head splats. The head splats was what got me. Yeah, that like, was completely The idea of it was cool. The, them all being knocked down and you could understand, like, if they'd just shown the logs rolling over the zombies, your well, own brain would have gone, okay, they're really heavy yeah. logs. Yep, yeah, that'd be a head injury. They'd be dead. Yeah, it, you know, you you didn't need uh, the I, multiple. I perhaps, perhaps I'm being a picky soul. I don't know if if you think I'm being a picky soul, get in touch. But to me, it just aggravated me because I was really into that scene. Like it really had some tension to it. Something they've yeah. not been able to do for me on The Walking Dead for a long time uh, because Aaron was trapped. He I was thought one it of was the main gone. characters, and and I'm looking at it thinking, I know the actors in the MCU now. <laughs> perhaps, perhaps he's gone. Perhaps we're going to lose Aaron. Now, here you go, man. Here's yes. something for you. Aaron has lost his arm. 
because uh, trainee nurse Enid. Now again, her sidebar, short leg. Hmm. Sidebar. Last week, I had I said that Enid as a character was being dumped on and left, and she had nothing going on. I was gutted because I think she's a really talented actress. And now she has a role. And now she has a role, so I was really pleased with that because that's a role. You know, she's basically been training with Sadiq. Um, yep. Sadiq gets sent back to Alexandria by Rick because there's a sickness. By the way, I'm I'm interested to know if that develops because you know that'd be interesting. But anyway, he's sent back, yeah. And Enid takes over, and on the poor little sod's first day, we have Aaron rock up, having been crushed by logs, and she has to amputate his arm. Yes. So first of all, one, how ballsy is that girl? <laughs> Yeah, hats off to her. I mean, she just gets so, the book, gets the knife saw thing, and go for it. <laughs> it's and it's Aaron's like, you gotta do what? Yeah, no other uh, way. Are you sure about that? Yeah, are, are you positive? Absolutely no other way. Now, Aaron's a main character. He has been for some time. Yeah. Um, do you think that? Uh, here we go. Here's a little bit of a throwing it out there we all know rick's gonna die i don't have to sound the spoiler warning we all know it's coming yeah rick's dying don't 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 overthink it and we know for whatever reason angela kang and scott gimple love the comics to the point they try and almost mirror them in storylines i think it's madness i think take the comics as inspiration and build your own stuff but you know each to their own do you think that given that Rick lost his arm in the comics, so there are storylines for a character with one arm, they are doing this so they can have a character with one arm, and Rick's gone, and some of Rick's storylines are going to end up with Aaron? Oh, dude, that hadn't even crossed my mind. Mind blown right now. It really is. Wow, yeah, I mean, I don't see Aaron as... That stronger main character well, to take on the Rick role, but I'm, yeah, if there's storyline parts they could take, he he has a young child which he is bringing up. Yes, he does. He is down to one arm. Yeah, um, there is an element there. Yeah, I that, mean that you could say that perhaps there are some story things and some stuff. If they give him like the weird prosthetic thing like Rick Scott, then. Yeah, I mean, we did obviously have Merle in the beginning who lost an arm. Yeah, and and you know his replacement for it was way cool, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. that um, was good. You know the old stabby arm instead. So I don't know. We'll, we'll wait and see on that. But it just kind of occurred to me, and I thought I'd put it to you because of yeah, that. I mean they, I mean yeah, they're gonna need to carry on sort of following the comic a little bit. So it makes sense to have someone that will. Does yeah. that mean someone else is gonna lose an eye soon? Uh, hopefully Henry and by losing an eye his brains will be shot out at the same time I still don't like that I kid. can't stand that I really can't no. I can't tell if this means that like Gregory the actor is fantastic like the young lad no, is brilliant I, I, or if I just don't I, like him in general I, I can't no, work it out I, I, I think and this is the honest truth I think everybody realised the minute Henry started doing lines and stuff like that. I think everyone realised what was happening. Hey, Carl. And that, yeah. and that is, he is taking over storylines that were written for Carl. Now, Carl is an actor, the actor Chandler Riggs, obviously had aged beyond what Carl is in the comic books. Yep. So you needed a younger character to fulfil some of those storylines. And I think the minute that Carl died, 
it just cemented this, yeah, I hate that. And it's aimed at Gimple, it's aimed at the decision makers, but it's basically encapsulated in that poor child actor who who is probably a lovely kid, probably a really talented young actor, but every time he's on screen, I'm like, no, die, be eaten. <laughs> yeah, and, I know exactly that's, what that's, you mean. It's not fair, but it's just how I feel. He's he's going to be Carl 2.0, but no one wants Carl 2.0, they want Carl no. 1.0. Yeah, th- yeah, exactly. We we were we all wanted Carl. Um, we wanted him to carry on, and I I genuinely believe now. You know, hand up to the fake gods, and the real ones. If Carl was still alive, and Rick was dying in this season, I wouldn't be as overly gutted as I am with both of them gone. Because Carl because would have taken over, and it would have carried on rolling. It would have carried on the story. You know, the, the whole story of The Walking Dead is the man waking up in the coma trying to find his son and his wife. Yep. He finds them. He loses his wife. Yeah, big deal. She wasn't that great anyway. He then raises his wife's, you know, affair baby with his best friend. Yeah. He, him and Carl build this, you know, they go for all these things together. Now, if Rick dies and Carl carries on, then that is perfect. Yep. That, you know, that to me is kind of, yeah, how how it would be. Yeah, you know, at least no the storyline parent... continues. But yeah, it does. But no, it's gone. They're both gone because Chandler Riggs turned eighteen and he'll have to pay him proper money. And anyone at AMC tries to deny that, they're a liar. Yeah, I can imagine. Um. So yeah, I I want to focus just in on then. Just cause I know we're jumping around. Hopefully, everyone's keeping up. Uh, speaking of Henry, there was one little scene which made me laugh, which is the King Carol and Henry kind of acting like a little family unit. It... <laughs> I can't tell if I really like it or if it's really forced. What, their relationship? Yeah, the whole... The on-street, or like on-screen chemistry and stuff like that, they're both incredible actors, they make it work. Yep. But, yep. I can't help but feel like, again, like you say, trying to keep it to the storylines of the comics, they've gone, oh no, wait a minute, we've put... Oh, Michonne's with... Oh, right, who can we... Carol, yeah! Yeah, Carol's dead in the comics, she can fill the void... Um, Ezekiel and Carol, I always felt at a at a kinship and a friendship uh, similar to Carol and Daryl. I never saw either of those relationships as possibly romantic. I, I know did. a lot of a lot of people. Yeah, a lot of people shipped Carol. Yeah, yeah. I said shipped and I used it right. I am so proud. Thank you. <laughs> I I think I used it right. Anyway, so. do you know what? I learned something else from Mel. Mm-hmm. Do you do you understand the term thirsty in in the context of like wanting somebody? I've heard it. Can't say I yeah. definitely understand it, but I've heard it said. Ah, good. Well, you're you're younger than me, so I feel better. But yeah, she was explaining that to me yesterday. I I just can't keep up with the changing. I, I'm I just about got around to describing something as sick being good, and then my daughter tells me, "No, we don't say that now." So ah, okay. Do they? Oh, they don't. Okay. Yeah, move, move I, on. I then. still do. Oops. I am such a granddad when it comes to stuff like. I've this, just caught yeah. on to the whole sick and stuff like that. Yeah, damn it, it's gone already. Yeah, oh, yeah, it moves fast, man. It moves fast. So yeah, anyway, what I was saying was there was this moment where they were like a family unit. What made me laugh is on the episode last week, Ezekiel asked Carol to marry him. Uh, her first reaction is like this unbelievable practical apocalypse lady, which is, oh, that ring's going to catch on everything. 
No, she's yeah. not thinking of how romantic it was or anything like that. She's thinking purely of that's impractical, me wearing that. Which no. I love because that is exactly yeah. how I see Carol. Yeah, that's uh, so yeah, practical and so on yeah. point. Yeah, Carol, absolutely to the character. I'm I'm delighted with that. Her with Henry, okay? She's walking towards him. Have you forgotten something? And he gives her a kiss, thinking that's what it was. She's like, no, you're stick. Yeah. <laughs> you're wandering yeah. off without your weapon. Again, it's absolute brilliant. Carol, she's, and the way he kissed her, and she's like, yeah, great, but I was talking about this. Yeah. I still thought that um, was a bit strange. The whole, within a, how was it, 18 month time could jump. Yeah. These guys have now become his adopted parents and they're on kissing cheek when they're going out sort of level. But Well, I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how long things like that take, really. Uh, I, I'm a very affectionate guy. It would have taken me a few weeks. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm there. I'm with that. <laughs> All right. Um, what did you think of the Rick and Eugene walk-arounds? Eugene basically like laying down his, we got to do this, we got to do this, this is where we are. I mean, it's almost like everyone's just relying on Eugene like the mad scientist now. He's become almost completely irreplaceable. And I still need subtitles to work out what on earth he's saying sometimes. Oh, really? I didn't think it was too bad. This, this week was, was good. This, say, this week yeah. was a lot better. Like, he actually spoke English this week, which was good. Yeah, I was going to comment to say I didn't think he was too bad. I um, I tried to do like a Forrest Gump impression recently, and that came out very Eugene. Yes, yes. Yeah, I... I'd do it on the podcast, but, you know, I'd upset people, so I'm not going to do it. Fair play, I... No, I, I think yeah. it was good. The walk-around was good, because it kind of... It almost filled us in on bits that we may have missed over the last 18 months, and he's kind of telling us what this is, what that is, how much of this we've got. And it also yeah. put a little bit of urgency on it all by saying, you know, we're running out of this, we've got six to nine days till this happens. But yeah. it's actually going to take six to nine days to do this, so therefore, hmm. It, it was... It was interesting as well. I mean, there's just so much detail in this episode, which, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a massive fan of when there's a lot of information and it feels like there's been a lot of attention given to it. Yeah. Uh, the fact that they've got maps with where the walkers are, the herds, the fact they have these lookout points. The cherry the fact... picker dude, that thing. Yeah, That's awesome. Yeah, up, up in the cherry picker. They, they've found, think, they've utilised, think, they've come up with systems. They are like charting where the herds are like migrations of animals you know and yeah and it's just the reality of having to live in this world they're kind of doing all these things yeah it's damn dangerous but hey if you're in africa and you're around a herd it could stampede at any moment that's damn dangerous yeah <laughs> so it's i love that they've... bit of detail like you said like knowing that okay so the majority of zombies by this point have now herded together yeah, which you can understand that happening. Like, yep. if there's been eighteen month time gap and we know there's not that many people left alive, really. Nope. Then not, you would assume that yeah, hunting packs and stuff like that, and they've come together, be it through namelessly wandering down streets and congregating because of noise and stuff yep. or what. Fine. And then the fact that they've got this big cherry picker and they're keeping an eye out and watching these herds of people. Yeah, I think it's fantastic. No, I, agree. I really uh, no, like I, it. No, I, I like that as well. I, I really liked it. And I like the way the story's been told to give us that detail as well. Because I, I argued a lot before this season started. I'd love to have, rather than having a time jump, I would have much preferred to have had, you know, uh, see all of these things develop. It, to, to their credit, I'm enjoying the way they're telling us. 
So I don't feel like it's a uh, forced, you know, we could have had a really awful scene where Rick just sat with Negan telling him everything and, you know, we as the audience have just been caught up. Here we go. Oh, can you but imagine instead... that being the worst episode ever? It's eight, one episode yeah. ever. in the last 18 months we've done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. 40 minutes of Rick talking to Negan. Uh, I, I like the way they're doing it. I like the way it's being integrated into the situation now. Yeah. So we're kind of seeing these bits and pieces. One, one question I did have, and something for you, and I think this possibly has already been answered by the way they're charting the migration, the way they have lookouts around the camps. I mean, when this apocalypse started and everything, a, a camp with tents was like the worst possible place you could be. You need walls all the way around you. Oh, yes. And, and yet this basic campsite they've set up for the work on the bridge is just a campsite. Mm-hmm. You know, they've not set up walls or anything around it, which we saw several times. So things have changed that much in terms of walker numbers or the way yes. they are? I would like to think they've still got, like, the trip wires around with, like, cans attached. I like yeah. to think that's still in the perimeter. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, well, maybe we'll see more about that. Uh, I had to laugh at Tara calling Rick Mother Goose. That was funny. That was great. Her character providing comic relief. I enjoyed that. Um, also, his reaction to it, Mother Goose. Yeah, it's like he talks completely normal and then goes back to it and goes, and what? <laughs> yeah, and what? Um, we had this scene then. So uh, I know we've already talked about the scene where Aaron loses his arm, but the, the lead up to this, there was a couple of things in it. So Tara's basically pointing out that Hey, we're having to move this herd because there's been some blasting done, um, which was your favourite character. Rosita. Rosita. You love her. She even looks good in jogging bottoms. I mean, come on. There's nothing this woman can't do. Bless you. Bless you. Um, she, She does some blasting and obviously they're clearing a path or something and that attracts a herd. So mm-hmm. they've set it up so they're going to create noise. Jerry is there kicking back in like a sun lounger and he's cranking up, this, cranking up the, the volume. And then there's a second checkpoint and the second checkpoint doesn't make the noise so it doesn't draw them. So what Jerry has done is drawn them away from the camp but has head, headed them straight at where Daryl is and his grouper are cutting down trees, you know, uh, basically collecting logs. Now cetera, I have a thing about this anyway. Okay, fire away, go. So we've already had the bridge scene by this point with yep. the fight that kicks off because of that saviour who's just a bit of a dick. Yeah, yeah. So there's a saviour who's a bit of an ass. He slaps Henry about because he wants some water. I personally was on his side. He should have thrown Henry off the bridge. Would have worked better. But then he punches Daryl, so we don't like him now. Well, I don't know. <laughs> but after all of that um, that's just happened with him, and he's quite clearly not on side very much because he's having a go at everyone. Why was he then put on a checkpoint by himself? Yeah, storyline purposes is the only possible reason. Yeah, you're spot on. Just stupid. So so Daryl's just had a fight with this saviour. He's obviously... Rick's split the fight up. But then you're quite right. Later on, this same saviour who's fallen out with everybody is put in a pretty serious position of trust. To to not get Daryl Eaton. To not get Daryl Eaton. Doesn't make a great deal of sense that no. in any Proper any realm. Face palm moment, that is. Yeah, yeah, that doesn't make a great deal of sense. Um, but it does advance the story because Aaron loses his arm. Uh, Rick and everyone arriving to save the day was pretty cool. Yes, I like that. 
That was a good scene. Uh, Rick uh, going badass with his hatchet is always fun to watch, and and the group that were there. But there was this little scene with uh, Geordie Shore Savior and Rick, and he says he's trying to say to Rick that people are going missing. Yes, and he says, you know, the lot we sent off with the fuel, they vanished. You know, if they dumped the fuel or whatever, we'd see them, or they would have come back. If yeah, like, they've, they've got families, why would they just leave? Yeah, yeah, you know, they they've completely vanished. Rick. Other people, you know, you're talking about people just walking off, but it doesn't make any sense. You know, if they just walked off, they'd show up back at the sanctuary. They're not. They're vanishing mm-hmm. now. This is, I think, the first kind of sign of a looming threat that we have um there there obviously we know the whisperers are going to emerge in this season whether that's mm-hmm. them yet i don't know uh, See, i but... don't think it is so we'll, we'll move on to don't don't say what you think yet because okay. there's we'll, we'll kind of finish on that yeah, yeah um but yeah so basically we had that scene with the logs aaron's lost his arm which is obviously a massive impact on a character going forward um rick and daryl are at odds now, this is the next thing I want to come on to. I, I, I wrote down a question, asked Stefan, see if he knows. What is the issue between Daryl and Rick? Because Rick even talks to Karen, he's like, things haven't been the same for a while, you know, I, I don't know what to, you know, I don't know what to say. Carol says, I'll just talk to him. But I, I can't work out why these two are at loggerheads. I think it was touched on in the last episode, I think it was the last episode, they touched on it very slightly. Yep. that Rick has kept him at the sanctuary for so long yeah. and he's quite clearly been telling Rick for a while, I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. I don't want to be here. And Rick won't bring him back yet. I think so that's you... what's driven like a tension between them. Okay. That That's the only thing, well, that's the only thing I've seen in these two episodes that kind of in my eyes fits. Well, I mean, a lot of people online are saying it goes back to Daryl wanting to kill everyone and, you know, basically cracking Rick's, Rick's plan in half in the war. And then, you know, him, him like Maggie, being unhappy that Negan's still alive. Mm. Again, I, I always fall into this. It's been 18 months. Are you telling me in those 18 months they've not resolved any of that stuff? Or not had a conversation to try and resolve it. Now I know Maggie and Rick haven't, which I was sort of face palming about last week. Yeah, that was I... just strange in itself. Like, like you say, eighteen months passes. Even yeah, like it's... a friend dispute or something like that. Within a couple of days, or at least a couple of weeks, you've spoken about it and yeah. cleared the air. Not eighteen months. In eighteen months, when you consider the interactions between them all, you'd think someone would have said something so yeah i i find that weird and i I just can't put my finger on it um the other storyline in this episode which made me throw up in my mouth i mean sorry i really enjoyed (laughs) is the blossoming romance between cyclops father gabriel and the character now known as Anne. yeah what the heck what i still call jadis i'm I'm sorry but no that one i'm just like what Dude, she's a snake, and she is working her way in there, I think. I... Literally. <laughs> I... There is <laughs> there is a scene where she's a lookout, and there is a helicopter hovering. Mm-hmm. And we know she knows people in helicopters. We know that. We've seen that in the last season. Yeah. Clearly, 
This helicopter was running silent because no one else in the camp in the dead of night could hear a helicopter overhead. It must have been incredibly high up with a very, very what strong light. What the hell? Yeah, what the hell? But anyway. I live next to an airport. I'm telling you yeah, now, you hear a helicopter yeah. coming in. Uh, mate, there is a helicopter engineering works near my house. I hear helicopters pick up uh, ten times a day. Yeah. Yeah, you They're hear not them. They are not quiet. <laughs> they are the antithesis <laughs> of quiet. They are non-quiet. So, yeah, that was kind of stupid. And it, it irked me a little bit. It's like, oh, come on. That's it. My Don't only thing was is that helicopter stuff. must have been seriously high. Yeah, yeah. You know, kind of like with breathing apparatus and NASA slapped on the side of it kind of high for it to not be <laughs> yeah. heard. But anyway... Um, so anyway, th- th- that roadmap, that makes no sense to me. I think it's going to develop. We're going to see where that's going. But I don't know about you, man. I but felt that, that so was... uncomfortable on that scene when yeah. I was sat talking and then she gropes him. That I just felt so uncomfortable. Yeah. Yeah. And, and why is that allowed? <laughs> that was That's inappropriate touching. I love the fact she checked with him, you know, that he wasn't a Catholic priest first. Yeah, I mean, yeah, at least uh, she, she was good enough right, to do so, that. But... So, so, you're, so you're actually allowed to get down. Brilliant. Here we go. Let me feel what's... What's coming my way? But like, I um, mean, we've had a few scenes and bits and pieces like that beforehand, but nothing I don't think has been quite that graphical. Obviously, she's grabbed hold of him. Yeah, that was quite. Uh, I was just like, whoa, okay. Um, yeah, walk, Walking Dead's taking a fun turn. It's not where I thought we were going to go with Rick dying. <laughs> I did not think it was going down this route. <laughs> That's true, yeah. Yeah, that was. The filthy yeah, dead. That, you know, it was weird. <laughs> It, it was weird. We're, we're going to see where it goes, but I I don't think she's into him. I think she's playing some game. Be interesting. I yeah. could be wrong. I could be wrong. I, I think mean, it's you're been right. eighteen months. Who knows? Um, let me just have a quick look through my notes. I don't think there was anything else other than this coming on to you know the the okay yeah. So there's two things left I want to go over. So yep. the the end of the episode, uh, Rick is talking to Negan. Rick tells yeah. him about how it had been a crap day, but overall everything's going really well. Yes. Negan, uh, Negan's Negan. Yeah, which frustrates me, man. It frustrates me because it's been eighteen months locked in a hole. You're trying to tell me in eighteen months locked in a hole after someone cut your throat, you lost, you got no power anymore. You're still going to be an arrogant ass. Anyone else that- but Negan, I'd say no. But, but I just get the feeling me. that this guy, this is, he's kind of built himself up so much this that he believes it himself now. Yeah, I, I, I don't know, man. I find it difficult. I find that really daft. And I think if you have a story arc where your goal is that he can be integrated into the community, even if the eventual goal is that he is bad again you have to give the audience watching a reason to allow themselves to feel for him, allow themselves to be, okay, I understand why he's in the community. See, I think it's going to go the other way. I think he's going to stay bad. Something is going to happen. He's going to get out, and it's kind of, he's going to, I don't want to say disappear with the saviors or something like that, but I can kind of see them almost going back to what it was. I don't see him as integrating in with the group at any point. Okay, well, it would be a big divergence if they did that. Yeah. Um, Imagine having two bad guys to fight, Negan and the Saviors and the Whisperers. Like a three-way triangle of war. 
Well, I don't think the Whisperers are the kind of group that makes friends with people. Um, yeah. I don't know. It's it's a weird thing at the moment. I just didn't understand that. I thought getting to see Negan uh, more broken down. Uh, I love when he mentions Carl's name, Rick, ready to kill him. Yep. <laughs> you know, like, you do not say his name. <laughs> you know, I've been coming down here for 18 months, but I'm going to make this clear. I will end your ass. Yeah. Um, Rick also tells him he's going to die in there. Rick's not trying to redeem him. Rick is almost yeah. tormenting him. Um, which, yeah. yeah. Which that is was, like, that what I a... think's kept Negan being Negan. If you've got Rick going down there every couple of days acting like that at you, I think that would keep Negan on edge and keeping him that whole bad guy the cocky I know I'm going to rule this place yeah perhaps like that line I just love that line like you're not what, you're, you're, you're just what, keeping it for me or something you're getting it ready for you're, me you're, yeah you're getting it ready for me I mean yeah it's weird I, I don't know I, I, I'm going to wait for it to develop a little bit more before I give more an opinion but I, I find it weird how um, how annoyed would you be if somehow Negan takes over the Rick role, uh, I'd be beyond pissed. <laughs> just, yeah, just I, one of those I'd thoughts be... that just came into my head. I was like, yeah, surely no, I, not. I, I would be beyond beyond pissed. They need a strong leader type person to lead them forward. Um, he's he's been a strong leader, I suppose. Well, you could argue that, but no, I, I don't. <laughs> I, I don't like doing the whole, I'd be done, I'd be gone, but yeah, I'd be pissed. I, I, <laughs> I, I, I can't see that being any kind of good idea. You would go full all. Alfie. Just... Oh yeah, he's done. He <laughs> is done. He watched episode one and was like, nope, I'm out. I'm out of here. So that kind of leaves us then, mate, if you don't mind, with the, the kind of final thing, which is the saviour that Daryl fights is obviously quite rightly blamed for what happens to Aaron. Yes. Um, Daryl again goes to beat the hell out of him. Mm-hmm. Carol stops him, lets him get a good few digs in, but stops him. And the him. saucepan. Boing. Yeah, Great. yeah, what a... Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was a bit... Yeah, I like that. Now, Rick then runs into the guy later on in the camp, and the guy mentions, so like, put your dog back on your leash. Do you know what? I've used like, that line myself. It's a great line. Yeah, Rick's just like, seriously, get out. In mm-hmm. the morning, get your stuff, and you're gone. He says, I'm going to go now. So I'm kind of like, really? In the apocalypse, you're just going to go for a wander at night? Fair enough, you're dead. Yep. And true enough, mm-hmm. uh, he goes for this wander. He's out on his own, he's a drink. He hears a noise, he pulls his knife, he looks up, and he reacts as he recognises the person. Yeah. And then he's grabbed and killed. Is he killed? He is dead, deceased, gone, no more. You don't see the him start, die, though. The start of next week, you see him reanimate as a walker. Oh, right, yeah, he's dead. Yeah, he dead. He gone. Fair play. So, my friend, who? What is going on? If you don't think it's the Whisperers, who do you think it is? My first initial thought was Dwight. But why would Dwight be killing people? The, that's randomly? what then changed it. Now you've said that he dies... Yeah, but we know people have been disappearing for a while. Yeah, but my first thought was maybe Dwight has come back, he's made his own kind of little community bit, and that's how Dwight's going to come back into it. Because doesn't he, in the comics, he takes over the saviours anyway, doesn't he? 
Yeah, but in, so in the role, of thought... in, yeah, but in the role that Daryl's fulfilling now as part of Team Rick, yes. he doesn't do it like a, a coup d'état. He, he, he is part of the community. Yeah, see, I thought originally that maybe that was how they were going to try and, like you say, go back to the comic wise and Dwight being in charge. Is that yeah. he's slowly integrating people back to being? Look, you were saviors. You want to stay being saviors? Well, I've got this place. We're still living how we used to or how it was. And then eventually it kind of integrated. But no, the fact that we now know he's killing they're killing them. I dunno, I, I just don't to me it doesn't seem like what the whispers would be doing, if considering they're gonna be this new threat and this new big baddie, is it all gonna start with someone that they actually know so was possibly already a saviour? Yeah. Or Who knows? And they're killing them, surely would they be killing I mean I know the whispers, like you say, don't make friends with people. They are bad guys. But would they just be killing random people, or I have no idea. I, I genuinely, my, I, I've, I kind of knew they were coming, and I, I stopped reading whispers stuff. I, I just thought to myself, do you know what? Let's, let me. I've got a basic understanding of what they are. I know the war is coming, but I just thought to myself, yeah, I, I want to kind of watch this and not because I now know that they're taking so much direct from the comics. Mm. Um, whereas in seasons one, two, three, etc., you could happily do both. Yeah. Uh, for me, it is now just basically like reading the scripts in a few, like a few months in advance. So, yeah. so I kind of knocked it on the head. Um, it's going to be I, interesting. I don't know. It is going to be interesting, uh, mate. You're uh-huh. going to be delighted. You're going to be delighted to hear this. Okay. Um, I, I was looking at the time for our recording, and I don't think we've got time to do a quiz this week. See, how are you going to be doing this? Are you going to be doing a normal quiz or are you going back to who said it? Or have you updated something else? Because... It's, it's, it's who said it. Okay. Damn, we're out of time, guys. Well, it's been great talking to you all. Don't forget the Facebook page, Twitter and everything else. It's been wonderful. Yeah. No, Stuff ge- and genuinely. Genuinely. <laughs> no, you're, you're fine. We don't have time um, okay. because we've got we've got comments from our Facebook page. Thank you. And now, let us turn to our Facebook page, where Sam butchers names. So yeah, comments from the Facebook page is going to take precedent, which means you are going to be quizzed next week. I did get three out of four last week. I mean, I wasn't yeah. on air, but I got three out of four. Yeah, that's what And they were reckon. all ones you'd done before. Well, yeah. I still got one wrong. <laughs> Yeah, they were ones she hadn't done before. You'd done them all. Um, so yeah, from our Facebook page comments, uh, Shirley Webb says, "Who was the savior talking to at the end? It seems like he knew him, and not sure about Gab and her." So I'm uh, Gabriel. I'm guessing. Yeah, I'm not sure about that either, Shirley. Weird. You just said that. Uh, the savior again. We just talked about that. Well, I don't know. Uh, Shirley goes on to say she thinks it's the Whisperers. Erin uh, Maynard says, "I'm not liking Maggie now." Yeah, I'm with you, Aaron. Yeah, uh, I've talked about that as well. Uh, Jennifer Miller says, I enjoyed this week's show. Loved seeing Carol and Ezekiel. They are perfect. However, I just can't... I just can't with Gabriel and Anne. He's so damn creepy and she would never. <laughs> I mean, he is very um, creepy. I mean, he's got creepier now. He's only got one eye. Yeah, he's a CLB. He's a creepy little bastard. Um, and I think she knows who is in that helicopter. I agree. I wonder if Anne is still going to portray Rick again. <laughs> we just talked about that. Yeah, I think I so. I think she is, yep. 
I still don't trust her. Also, could we not have had Herschel-type amputation? Did we need Dr. Sawbones to rear her ugly head? Just ew. And then she's put, actually, never mind. I just watched that amputation again, and it was way more gruesome. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it was. Uh, Manda Izikwi is watching a few days behind, so I don't think she's watched this episode yet. Um, but she says she's loving the show so far. Oh, yeah, she has. Yeah, I'm loving the show so far. Uh, it's back on track, uh, and it's a good two episodes. Hashtag Maggie's got power. Amanda, uh, but is she using that power for good? No. Yeah. And finally, Vinny Younger said, just four people to hold a tree that size, lol. <laughs> That's also a valid point. Oh, they're lifting the... Up off of yeah, I'm, I'm no yeah. I'm, I'm no lumberjack, but yeah, that that tree, yeah, four people ain't holding that man. <laughs> I don't know. Do you reckon it'd be that heavy? Oh, uh, no, f- <laughs> yeah, <laughs> four fairly I, um, big people. I, I mean, no, no, that was a big ass tree. That was. I have you ever done tree felling? No. Yeah, me, my brothers had to chop down a tree for firewood once, and. See, I live in the city, you live out in the farmland. It was a fraction of that size, and it took all four of us all day to cut it to big enough or small enough pieces that we could actually lift the damn thing. Okay, fair enough. Trees are heavy. Wood. Solid wood. Yeah. (laughs) But anyway. um, So yeah, man, that's the show. Um, That was everything. You're lucky enough you're getting away with no quiz. Just because we, we gabbled on so much about the episode. But overall, I'm in this weird kind of place where you said earlier on, if these episodes had aired a couple of seasons ago, I think I'd just be waxing lyrical non-stop about how great they are. But I have this overriding horrible thing all the time at the moment, which is Rick dies, so <laughs> it all feels pointless. You're not letting this go, are you? That is going to be... No, because it's really... It is. It is the end of The Walking Dead because Rick is it The Walking is. Dead. Yes, absolutely spot on. The happy days. If they killed off the Fonz, that wouldn't have been the show anymore. It would have just been you days. Know, yeah. you, you watch Friends and the six friends have been killed off. No, it, the show doesn't exist. Just, yeah. yeah, I know. How I, I know what you mean. How, yeah, I, I could rattle off loads more examples and I was going to, but I stopped. As I, as I said to you via messenger the other day, I am full of this optimistic positivity that actually once rick goes somehow it's going to become incredible again and like two episodes after rick's death we're both going to be sat here full of laughter like oh the episode was so good when this happened and then yeah then this happened we're oh it's so good we thought it was gonna be rubbish but it's amazing i i I love your positivity my friend and i i need that Thank so you. do I. Yes. <laughs> no, don't, don't pretend. No, you're a positive one. That is what's going to happen. Yeah. That is what is going to happen. Good, good. I, I'm really glad to hear that because at the moment I'm just kind of dreading it. But yeah, a uh, big thank you to everyone for listening. Uh, we'll be back next week where we'll be talking about episode three. And that's me done, my friend. I'll speak to you next week. We out. Followed by over 17,000 people on Facebook, you need to be one of them find the stuff and things podcast on facebook at stuff and things podcast also check us out online at stuff and things podcast.com if you can't figure out how to spell it then you don't deserve to be there